This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. This is the Adam Gold Show. Hi, it's the Adam Gold Show. I am Adam Gold. I think it's homecoming. Homecoming? I don't know. Dennis Cox is here today. Who? <laughs> Welcome back to the program, sir. Oh, thank you. I missed you since last week. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's been so long. So it is, I guess it's going to be sort of uh, everybody's all over the place between now and the end of the year. Yeah. Everybody's trying to use up PTO. I know I have some to use. Yeah, oh, it's coming. It's coming. So uh, thank you very much for uh, sitting in. Victoria is... Uh, on assignment, I should, at a baby shower. I'm not really sure, uh, but that's fine. <laughs> I mean, we got it might be actually. <laughs> well, it's it is possible. It is baby shower season, isn't it? Well, no, it's sh- not. Shout out to my culture state co-host Chris Lee, who just had a, that's a second child. Right, that's right. Uh, child's going to be a track star. Baby, I don't know. Isn't uh, the baby kind of long? Right, twenty inches. Is that long for a baby? I wouldn't know. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I don't have any. <laughs> you have two? You tell me. Yeah, I don't remember what Jack was when Jack was born. I have no idea. I have no idea. I know he's a load right now. That's all that, That's all I know is that he is an absolute beast at this point. Who who now, all he wants to do is work on his uh, step back fade. Hey, nothing wrong with yeah, that. Yeah, he, he's going to be a stretch five for uh, for his middle school basketball team. <laughs> stretch five? That's what he wants to be. He wants to be a stretch five. It's all really, right. it's all comedy. Uh, he is a, he is absolutely immersed in watching highlights of Luka Doncic. If there's someone to emulate, it's not a bad one to pick. Gosh, he loves Luka Doncic. So um, we got a lot of things to do. Dennis Cox is here. And uh, so we'll go through a lot of things. We have uh, a bunch of cool people to talk about, talk with today, including at the bottom of the hour, Darren Ravel of Action Network on... The fallout from Ye and Adidas. I mean, Ye said some pretty suspect things recently. Although this ain't a new phenomenon. No, it's not. For those who don't know, Ye is formerly known as Kanye West. I mean, the kids all know who I'm talking about, Dennis. Yeah, but I didn't. Yeah, I'm 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 kind of new to that. When like when I started reading the stories, I'm like, who who's Ye? Who's this ye guy? Why do I ca- Oh, okay, now I know what it is about. Hear ye, hear ye. Yeah, it's yay. It's not ye, it's yay. All right, well, there we are. Let's start. So the Panthers are on the front page of ESPN.com again. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, Moving up in the world. So remember we spent all summer, like, why are they obsessed with the Panthers? It was about the pursuit of Baker Mayfield, right? Baker Mayfield was a topic every day during the summer, the late spring into the summer, until he was traded to the Panthers. And then he was a subject just about every day. This was the opportunity to cover the Panthers. I don't know. But the Panthers are on the front page of ESPN.com again. Uh, NFL, national NFL writer Jeremy Fowler on the piece. And it's all about the quarterbacks and how the search for the quarterback 
has set the organization back. And that is simply a fact. Well, I shouldn't say it's a fact. You can't document it. But it is a logical conclusion uh, to which we should all arrive because it has been going on since Matt Rule took over. I appreciate the national media finally catching on to something that we have been talking about for years. So let's quickly trace it back. Because it began when Matt Rule got the job. Remember, David Tepper wanted Matt Rule so badly, he carried Matt Rule's luggage. Remember that? I That I did not know. Oh, yeah. No, Tepper carried Matt Rule's luggage. I always found that to be, okay, you're very interested in Matt Rule being your coach. Look, Matt, I think Matt is a very disarming personality in terms of he's a really nice you you know human being. He's he always came across to me as the anti-football coach, football coach. He was just a guy. And and I think Tepper took to that. I think a lot of people take to that. He also has a track record of success in college. None, no pro experience apart from, like, offensive assistant with the Giants for one year. He he was not in charge of anything. <laughs> he wasn't in charge of a position group. He was simply an offensive assistant with the Giants for one year. And he did great work at Temple, and he did great work at Baylor. But that's a long way from an NFL job. Either way, without getting into that, the decisions that were made definitely did impact the organization. And we can go all the way back to Cam Newton. Last year of Cam Newton's contract, Matt Rule didn't want Cam Newton. So, in comes Teddy Bridgewater. Actually, Bridgewater was signed to a free agent contract before Cam ever was kicked out. Bad timeline, by the way. Cam out, Teddy in. That lasted a year. Teddy out, Sam Darnold in. (laughs) How to downgrade the quarterback position in two easy steps. Sam out, Baker Mayfield in. Well, we all thought that would be a step up. As it turns out, it wasn't. I'm not saying it was a step down, but it wasn't a step up, as it turns out. Have you seen the depth chart for this upcoming game against Atlanta, Dennis Cox? Do I want to know? No, no. Who do you think is backing up P.J. Walker? So Jacob Eason? No. No? No. Sam Darnold. Baker Mayfield. Oh. So. Almost said Matt Corral. <laughs> healthy enough to play because he's your number two quarterback, but the guy you were all in on to the point where If Matt Corral doesn't get hurt, P.J. Walker is on somebody else's else's roster or somebody else's practice squad. He's not here. If Matt Corral doesn't have the foot injury in preseason. That's where we were. P.J. Walker would not have been here. But that's the plight of the Panthers and the pursuit of of a quarterback. Keyshawn Johnson from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max this morning. 
had some thoughts on the future of Baker Mayfield. P.J. Walker looked like the second coming of Cam Newton compared to Baker Mayfield. I mean, they're the worst football team. Everybody thought that this was it. Oh, Sam Darnold, oh, he stinks. Get rid of him. Baker Mayfield. So much for that, huh? <laughs> I think there's part of Keyshawn that is still Team Darnold. I, I believe that. Part of that is because I I actually think Keyshawn, even though it didn't end well with the Jets, I think Keyshawn still has a little jet in him, right? I think a little bit. But also, there's the Southern Cal tie, right? Because Darnold was obviously a great quarterback in Southern Cal. Next is uh, where, Bake, where Keyshawn believes Baker hurt himself, and it ain't about this year. If, in fact... He would have made good. They got to listen to me now. If he would have made good with OBJ, they would have never even tripped on him. They would have visualized him as a baller. But once right. you opened up that window and they saw yeah. you, they was like, on top nah. of not being a baller, he's an ass. Yeah. We don't like Wait, wait a second. <laughs> did, did you hear uh, any of their, the conversation also with Chris Canty this morning on ESPN? I did not. Oh, my gosh. It, it, I actually think they worked blue this morning, but I look. I don't know Baker Mayfield to be that, so I, I'm not saying that Keyshawn's right or not. But I will say that Keyshawn hasn't necessarily, in terms of the personalities of players, I think Keyshawn's been pretty good about the personalities of players. His opinion of whether a guy is good or not, uh, everybody's got opinions. But I think in terms of personalities, and I don't think it's out of the realm of not possibility but like baker didn't make himself likable for some of the players he was playing with i think baker carries himself like a number one quarterback but i don't know that baker to his teammates instills that kind of faith and trust Uh, but in terms of his public perception baker is a franchise quarterback. That's the way he carries himself. But it hasn't translated necessarily on the field, and it hasn't necessarily translated that way to teammates. Interesting stuff. Look, I always thought it was David Tepper who was the distracted puppy chasing the squirrel. I really do. And I, I, I'm not 100% convinced that it's what that this was Matt Rule's doing. But we talked to Joe Person yesterday from The Athletic, and he's he assigned more of the blame to the head coach. Listen, Rule had control of the 53, and that was an awkward situation when Tepper decided to keep Marty Herney after hiring Rule and, uh, you know, basically had to go hire a GM who's a – in Scott Fitter, who's a smart guy and a good dude, but, you know, had to kind of – play nice and and be cooperative and i i think they had a pretty good relationship honestly mm-hmm. but um but rule was driving a lot of the quarterback talk i think joe brady was was the teddy bridgewater whisperer uh rule signed off on it um you know i think fitterer and rule were kind of both on sam darnold and then uh and then finally i think I think Rule kind of talked Fitterer into Baker Mayfield is is kind of my, my impression. And and Fitterer, you know, listen, he he signed off on it too. And where are they now? <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, last time I checked, Matt Rule was uh, hiking around Umstead. Yeah. 
Great route combinations there. I'll tell you, that was one of the best videos you've ever done. That had I, I, I watched that a couple of times. It was really one of the best videos you've ever done. And shouts to Chris Lee for, uh, for playing a, a supporting role in that. All right, we're going to talk more about the, uh, the Panthers. And I do have this. This is what I would do if I were David Tepper. And we'll close this subject on this. If I were David Tepper, I would hire Steve Wilkes to be my head coach today. I would say, Steve, you're the guy who is going to lead us out of this. I think he is invested in his team. He is invested in the franchise. He is invested in the city. That's what I would do if I were David Tepper. Three-year contract. You're my guy. We need to rebuild. You're going to be the face of it. Boom, we're moving on. If Steve Wilkes says no to that, that's fine. But that's what I would do if I were David Tepper. I would hire Steve Wilkes to be my guy. Moving on. Adam Golden studio with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. I was on your website, and I love the term financial termites because there are always things eating at your money that you can't see. So you don't want financial termites. Termites in the financial world are risk, fees, unnecessary commissions. All the bad things that we see and we hear about on TV are happening many times inside your portfolio you don't see. So you need a financial exterminator. Well, for the next 10 of you to call, we'll put together for you your very own total retirement plan at no cost. Call 888-843-0013. Or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. From the it's never too late to make a first impression file. This is the final weekend of college football before the college football playoff rankings are released. Bertie went on a rant yesterday about people, those rankings don't matter But what it does signify is now it's sort of like when you get into the second semester of high school or uh, of your of your like your last, I would say, junior year in high school. Now everything starts to matter just a little bit more or the second half of a college basketball season when you are really making impressions on the committee to get into the tournament. Now, there's a lot of games that matter. There's only a handful of games that matter to the playoff. But there are games that matter to teams that want to be in the playoffs. First of all, Clemson and Alabama are idle. They are off this week. Ohio State to Penn State. I will ask this question to the masses, but I know Dennis Cox knows the answer. Ohio State at Penn State. How many games, how many good teams has Ohio State beaten this year, Dennis Cox? Uh, Take the under. Zero. None. No good teams. Nobody has talked about this. I have not heard a single person mention that Ohio State's schedule to this point has been booty. Incidentally, they only have one good team left on their schedule after this week. And I think it's debatable whether Penn State's going to be that much of a challenge for Ohio State. Penn State is 13th in the country, I believe. All that's left is the home date against Michigan. Now, it's not Ohio State's fault that the majority of the Big Ten isn't good. It's not their fault. But we do hold it against Clemson, don't we? Even though Clemson plays in the more difficult division of the ACC. Right? Okay, here's Joel Klatt from Fox. And I have my issues with Joel Klatt. 
I think for the most part, Joel Klatt is on the right side of the argument, even though he overrates the conference for which he does games. There's no other team in the country with an easier path to the playoff than Clemson. And it's been this way for quite some time. Quite some time. This is a team that has gotten the benefit of an eight-game conference schedule, uh, not nine, and a ridiculously weak one-team conference. You know, not I mean, even Oklahoma had, had a tougher gauntlet through the Big 12 to go to the playoff in some of those years than what Clemson has had throughout their tenure. Uh, Dabo's tenure in these playoff years and that's not to to tell you to say like they didn't have good teams no of course they like they had great teams they won national championships so I'm not arguing that they shouldn't go I'm just saying like boy do we really think that they're any good I don't think so and and we're not going to know until the playoff and they're going to be there by the way so we're really playing for three spots yeah see I agree with that last part because I agree that I don't think Clemson is national championship good. But that isn't the question. The question is, are they playoff good? And the answer is, probably. But isn't it convenient that we we bang on the Tigers for playing in the ACC when they have played a far more difficult schedule than Ohio State? Ohio State started the season at home against Notre Dame. We thought Notre Dame was good. They're not. They're not. They're not good. I'm not going to say Notre Dame is bad because I don't think they're bad, but they're not good. They're no longer ranked. They're playing Syracuse this weekend. Syracuse is the ranked team. Mm -hmm. By the way, that's a big game for Clemson. Just want to lay it out there. It's important for Clemson that Syracuse wins that game. Not Notre Dame. Syracuse wins that game. Syracuse has a chance to finish with, oh, 10 wins maybe? They And if that happens and Wake finishes with 10 wins, well, if State can somehow get to 8 or 9, then Clemson, you look at Clemson's record against ranked teams or teams that win 8 or 9 or 10, it's going to be more than what's what Ohio State's going to have. Ohio State's schedule hasn't been good because the Big Ten's not good this year. But we didn't mention that, did we, Joel? No. Because we always think that, oh, man. like We, we, we dealt with this with Alabama. I don't know how many years ago it was. Where Alabama's schedule, the SEC West was weak, and Alabama's schedule was basically two games. It was like LSU was always good, so it was LSU, and then, oh, I don't know, whoever else they played on – in the SEC championship game. It just wasn't that good a schedule. But apparently we're not allowed to say that. But it's okay to bash Clemson because they play in the ACC. Which I think in general, Klatt's right. In general. But not this year. Wake's legitimately good. That's not an easy game. They may not be great on defense, but they are great on offense. And Florida State was pretty good this year. Who beat LSU, by the way. They did. Although that game was... a. Uh, That was a a tough watch. (laughs) That game was a tough watch. Anyway, we have a lot of really interesting games. Uh, I think the most interesting of which is Tennessee at home to Kentucky. Because Tennessee plays Georgia next week. So, but Tennessee can't afford to look ahead. Kentucky's defense is very good. Very good. And they have a dangerous quarterback. I just... 
Tennessee can score on anyone. I think Tennessee will score a, a plenty of points if Kentucky keeps pace and keeps it interesting. Now is where it gets interesting. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are in the news. And a lot of these days, it's not because of the fact that they're playing great and killing it on the field. <laughs> right? It's not about that. Both teams are three and four. Oh, I like this. This is a Billy Joel song? No. Sounds like a Billy Joel song. Uh, look, th- these teams have lost a combined five straight games. The Packers and the Buccaneers. But the Bucs are still in first place because NFC South. Three and four. Tied with Atlanta. The Big Ten of the NFL. The Big Ten West yeah, of the gosh. NFL. Uh, yeah, it's been, it has been that bad. Here's Tom Brady, who is... Using, I guess, the royal we here. There has to be more urgency. You have to understand that what we're doing just is not good enough. And that's very evident. So what do you do? You focus on the process of improvement. And that's what it has to be. We're going to have to change it from the player's standpoint because we're on the field that can do something about it. And if we want to do something about it, we've got to do more. And we got to commit to one another more there's no quit in our group and there will never be a quit as long as i'm a part of any team i know that for sure okay that's tom brady right now the packers lost to the giants jets and commandos in consecutive weeks just want to throw that out there anybody that had that in vegas wow here's rogers on how it needs to change i think when the players really take over then you see, you're going to see the possibility of us making a run. So when the players really take over, I'm not talking about usurping power from coaches. I'm talking about we take over, we take ownership of what we're putting on the field. Now, some of that might be in the plan. So some of that might be, hey, I really want to do this, offense, defense, teams, whatever it might be. Um, but the other part is taking ownership of your, your daily habits and your routines. Just because we're a young team, we can't just write that off as – Oh, they're figuring it out. The rookies are figuring this thing out, and they're going to go through their rookie wall and blah, blah, blah. We need everybody on the same page to make the plays that are possible. We need them Monday to Saturday to put in the time to be ready to play Sunday because there's too many times in a game where there's simple, simple things that just are not being accomplished. All right, here's what's, what's fascinating to me about this dynamic. Which of those two quarterbacks is the national media slamming. Rodgers. Right. What was the difference in those two comments? Neither quarterback is talking about themselves. Tom Brady is not saying, I need to be more invested in this because we know that Tom Brady's invested in this. Right? Brady is talking about the team as a whole. And that's what Rodgers is talking about. Again, removing Brady from the equation... But heaven forbid somebody slams Tom Brady, and I'm not saying we should. I just don't think either quarterback. Like, what is your performance on the field? That tells us whether or not 
you have played well. And I think that it leaves to be desired for both players. Individually, they have not performed at the same level. There's a lot of factors for this. My friend Steve Logan always liked to say this about the quarterback position. It is not played in a vacuum. You are only as good as the pieces around you. The Buccaneers have had a lot of injuries. Their offensive line is in shambles. Not un- it's not surprising that Tom Brady has struggled. The Packers. Injuries to the offensive line. And other than the two running backs who are great, the receivers haven't been good. They're either young or not good. Or in some cases, both. Not surprised that it's been a tough go in Green Bay. But... Only one of those quarterbacks is taking shots from the national press. Only one of them. I guess we're afraid to criticize Tom Brady. But again, I don't think either of them deserve it. So I'm not sitting here saying we should criticize Brady. I think Brady looks more washed than Rodgers, but it don't matter to me. Don't matter that I say it. Anyway. This is the Adam Gold Show. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc.